0: Are you hungry for more content from Thinking in English? Unlock a world of knowledge with my exclusive bonus episodes. Become a patron today and gain access to fascinating bonus episodes that delve into a variety of engaging topics, from personal stories about my language learning journey to advanced vocabulary and grammar lessons. There are currently over 40 bonus episodes available to listen to right now feed your curiosity and expand your English skills. Don't miss out. Visit my Patreon page now to subscribe and enjoy the feast of bonus episodes. I'm currently offering seven-day free trials if you join right now. Click the link in the description or go to patreon.com forward slash thinking in English to join now. Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast for intermediate to advanced level English learners. What is the best method to improve your English reading ability? Let's try to answer this question by looking at some of the most popular and scientific approaches to improve your comprehension, efficiency and reading speed. You can find the full transcript for today's episode for free over on the Thinking in English blog. Check out my Instagram and YouTube pages, both called Thinking in English Podcast. Leave a like, rating or review wherever you are listening right now. Support the podcast on Patreon and here is today's episode. Reading is an essential skill for any English learner and I have received hundreds of messages asking for tips and advice on how to improve and develop your reading abilities. So, today I'm going to look at and evaluate many of the different approaches to improving your reading. But first, let's briefly discuss why reading is so important. Reading is one of the main ways in which we gain new knowledge and information. With good English reading ability, you have access to a vast array of resources. You can expand your knowledge base and stay informed about current events and developments. Reading also helps to develop critical thinking skills and engage with complex ideas and arguments. A lot of my own personal academic achievements in the past as well as the current success of thinking in English, is down to my love of reading. I usually read hundreds of articles every week and love to consistently learn and challenge myself. And as English is the current lingua franca, there is a lot more information in English available compared to other languages. Improving your reading will allow you to better comprehend books, emails, memos and reports and allow you to respond appropriately. Being able to read proficiently will also mean that you are better prepared to express yourself in writing. In many countries, not just English-speaking countries, academic courses at universities are taught in English, and you may be expected to read and comprehend texts written in English. Poor reading ability can limit your ability to understand lectures and complete coursework, maybe affecting your academic performance. And the skill of reading is highly valued in the job market. Many jobs require employees to read and comprehend documents, such as reports, contracts and technical manuals. In today's globalised world, many businesses operate in English, meaning that being proficient in English reading can open up career opportunities in a wide range of fields. I strongly believe that all of you should be actively developing your reading skills, as it will benefit you both personally and professionally. But how can you do this? What is the best way to improve your English reading ability? Let's take a look at a few popular methods and then some scientific or evidence-based approaches and end by concluding what the best approach is. Let's start with some popular techniques. There are various popular techniques that language learners around the world use to improve their reading ability. I have tried a lot of these myself when it comes to studying Japanese, and I've even recommended many of these to you listening. So, in this section, I'll discuss a few of these popular techniques, including extensive reading, intensive reading, vocabulary study, graded readers and reading aloud, and I'll examine the strengths and weaknesses of each technique based on my own experiences uh, and anecdotal evidence. Extensive reading. Extensive reading is a technique for improving reading ability that involves reading large amounts of texts for pleasure or general understanding. It is typically done at a comfortable reading pace and with a focus on enjoyment rather than analysis. The goal of extensive reading is to improve overall reading ability and fluency by exposing yourself to a wide variety of texts and vocabulary. In other words, extensive reading means reading as much as possible, not caring about analysing the texts or thinking about words you don't understand or context you don't understand, just reading, 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 reading extensively. The primary strength of extensive reading is that it exposes you to a broad range of topics and vocabulary, which can help improve your reading fluency, speed, and overall comprehension. However, a potential weakness is that you may not gain a deep understanding of the text you read, and there is a risk of becoming disinterested in the reading material. I'm sure many of you who, like me, uh, used to read a lot of books – and read fast. I used to read incredibly fast in English, not in Japanese, but in English I used to read incredibly fast and then I would barely remember anything from the book I had just read because I was so interested in the plot I barely remembered the details by the end of the book because I just wanted to finish it. And that's one of the risks of extensive reading. You're not really concentrating on what you're reading. Intensive reading. The opposite of extensive reading is intensive reading. This technique involves reading shorter texts in detail, with a focus on comprehension and analysis. It usually involves a slower reading pace and may involve activities such as highlighting, note taking or summarising. The goal of intensive reading is to improve reading comprehension and develop analytical skills by examining the structure, vocabulary, and meaning of the text in depth. And this is a technique that I have tried quite often in Japanese. Uh, I used to go to bookstores and buy magazines on things I'm interested in. So for me, uh, I love coffee and cafes, and I also like wristwatches. So I would buy magazines on these two uh, topics, and I would see it and highlight and make notes and check all the idioms that people were using. This approach is great because it can improve your understanding of the text, enhance your critical thinking skills, and deepen your knowledge of the language. But you may find it tedious and you may not enjoy reading in this way. And that's what happened to me, right? I bought this really interesting magazine on coffee, but I could only read maybe half a page at a time while I was making notes on every single term I didn't understand. So in the end, I gave up and just read the entire magazine without making notes, right? Instead of intensive reading, I just read it. Vocabulary study. The vocabulary study approach focuses on intentionally and deliberately learning new words, phrases, and expressions. This involves using maybe flashcards, studying word lists, practicing word usage in context. By doing this, you aim to expand your vocabulary and improve your ability to understand and use new words in your reading and writing. Vocabulary study can help you understand the meanings of words in context, which can improve your reading comprehension. And this is an approach I have tried a lot, using memorization apps to cram new Japanese vocabulary. And it kind of makes sense, right? The more vocabulary you know, the more likely you will be to read. more likely you will be able to read a, a book or a magazine or an article. Right? Well, the drawback of this approach is that you may struggle to remember and use the new vocabulary in your own writing or speaking. I think this approach is really useful for the most essential and fundamental words in the English language right? The most commonly used 2,000 or so words. But the problem with the vocabulary study approach is that if you're like me and you read articles about many different topics from medicine to politics to history to science, then it will be impossible to learn every single word without context, right? So, you need to balance vocabulary study with actual reading because actually reading things is how you discover where the word is used and you discover the words that are used often because when I used to use memorization apps all the time they were really good but I would learn words and then never see them in real life because they weren't used very often Uh, so you need to really read to find out the words that are used often in the kinds of articles you like to consume. Graded readers. If you have followed Thinking in English for a while, you will know that I love graded readers. Right, I'm always recommending graded readers to people. Graded readers are books or texts that are specifically designed for language learners at different levels of proficiency. They are written with simplified language and grammar and often include exercises or comprehension questions to help you practice your reading skills. The first ever book I read in Japanese was a graded reader of the classic Japanese tale Momotaro, and then the second book I ever read in Japanese was a parallel reader, which is similar to a graded reader, um, and that was classic short stories in Japanese. Graded readers can be useful for improving your reading ability by gradually increasing the complexity of the text you are able to read. So, if you go over to the Thinking in English blog and you click on the Learning Resources tab and the book reviews, almost every single book I have reviewed on my blog is available as a graded reader. And they are available at different levels. Uh, I often recommend the Penguin graded readers, but they're all—they're all good. They're all the same, but they have different levels. Um, usually, from complete beginner all the way up to intermediate, upper intermediate. And you could start with a lower level graded reader. If you're listening today, uh, you probably you're not a beginner, so start with maybe a level three or four graded reader. Read it, see if you're comfortable, and then keep moving up until you find your level and then you can keep reading and keep practicing. By reading materials that are appropriate for your level, it makes reading more accessible and enjoyable. I remember picking up a Japanese book five or six years ago. It was written for native speakers in a bookstore and I had no chance at reading it. But with a graded reader, I could read it. However, if you only read graded readers, you may become too reliant on them and not challenge yourselves to read more complex texts. So, start with graded readers, but make sure you're constantly challenging and pushing yourself to read more difficult texts. Right, go up the levels of graded reader until you're at the most difficult. Then maybe try a parallel reader, like I talked about before, um, or start reading books for teenagers written in English not for English learners but for young adults people without such a big vocabulary that's always a good approach reading books for children and young adults uh, after you've finished reading graded readers reading aloud reading aloud is an approach to improving reading ability that involves speaking the words of a text out loud while reading It can be done individually or in a group and features practising pronunciation, intonation and comprehension. The goal of reading aloud is usually to improve reading fluency, pronunciation and overall comprehension by engaging with the text both visually and audibly. And as a podcaster, I can tell you that reading aloud is really challenging and a skill that takes a lot of practice. And I'd recommend you all try it. Get a book, read out loud. And if you really want to challenge yourself, record your words, right? Get your phone, get your microphone app, play, press record, and then start reading out loud. And see how many mistakes you make while reading. See where your pronunciation struggles. See which words you're struggling to read. It's a really useful technique. And for my own English, even though I'm a native English speaker, the amount of difference in my reading out loud from the beginning of the podcast to now is incredible, right? Uh, I generally script my podcasts, although this episode is half scripted, half not scripted. Um, But so when I script the entire episode, I read completely from the transcript and it's a challenge, right? It's a real challenge. But it tells you a lot about your own, about my own writing ability, firstly. But also, it tells me a lot about how I'm reading, the pace I'm reading, the way that I am reading the sentence structure correctly. Reading aloud can improve your pronunciation, your intonation and your fluency. It can help you identify grammatical errors or improve your comprehension. One of the drawbacks is that you may become too focused on pronunciation and intonation and lose overall sight or meaning of the text. So I always recommend reading aloud as part of your reading routine. Right, you should be reading for fun as well, but reading aloud is a good challenge, a good test. Reading speed exercises. Reading speed exercises aim to increase reading speed without sacrificing comprehension. Some examples include timed reading drills, finger pacing, and other techniques to encourage faster reading. The purpose is to improve reading efficiency by increasing the amount of information you can process in a given amount of time. Reading speed exercises can improve your reading fluency and enable you to read more texts in less time which is the primary strength. Nevertheless, you may trade off comprehension for speed, leading to misunderstandings and errors, which is a potential weakness of these exercises. But reading speed is really important, especially in the world of academic study and work. I can't tell you the amount of times where I have been given a journal article as a student Um, by a professor, usually not just one journal article or book chapter. Maybe my professor would assign five or six things I have to read and some of my friends would take hours and hours reading these articles. Whereas for me, I would speed read them, right? I would read, read the entire article fast, pick out important points, write a few notes about them and I would be done really fast because I would r- speed read, right? I'd read them really fast, and I'd do what's called scanning. And once I'd read the article once, then I would have a general, imp- with my notes, I'd have a general impression of of where the information maybe I need in the future is. So improving your reading speed will be really useful for you, especially if you're interested in, in studying in English or working in English. If you're just reading for fun, Well, maybe reading speed is important too, so you can finish the book quicker. But if you're reading for work or study, you need to improve your speed, not just your comprehension, because especially at maybe postgraduate level in the United Kingdom or in the USA, you will be expected to read a lot, right? If you're taking four or five classes, you may have 20 to 30 different articles, book chapters to read a week all at a very high academic level, right? So studying for speed is also an important thing to do. Okay, so they were a few of the popular techniques for improving your English reading ability. But how about scientific or evidence-based approaches? Scientifically supported techniques for improving English reading ability are based on research and theories in the field, usually of cognitive psychology. These techniques that I'm going to talk about have been shown to be effective in improving reading comprehension, fluency, and speed. I'll discuss some of the most commonly used scientifically supported techniques, including schema theory, bottom-up processing, top-down processing, and cognitive load theory. There'll be some scientific jargon here, but I'll try my best to explain it and The names are not too important, it's the ideas you have to understand. Schema theory. Schema theory is a cognitive theory that explains how individuals use their prior knowledge and experience to understand and interpret new information. In the context of reading, schema theory suggests that readers use their existing knowledge and experience to create a mental framework or picture schema for interpreting and making sense of the text. These schemas can help readers predict what will come next in the text, making inferences and building connections between different pieces of information. So an example of schema theory that I read online is if I said, imagine a house, right? All of you will use your existing knowledge and experiences to imagine a picture of a house. Now, if I said imagine a mansion or imagine a Spanish house or imagine a house in the USA, these pictures will change, right? I'm not giving you any information or description, but you from your prior knowledge and your prior experience are making an image of a house in your head. English learners like you could use schema theory to improve your reading ability by activating your prior knowledge and making connections to the text. For example, before reading a news article about climate change, you could brainstorm what you already know about the topic, such as greenhouse gases, carbon emissions and global warming. This is how we read articles in our own native languages. When we read an article not all of that information is new. It is building upon the existing information we know. By activating your prior knowledge you can build a schema for understanding the text and make more informed predictions and inferences while reading. So basically use your already existing knowledge, whether it's in English or in your own language, when you're reading. If you're reading about climate change Think about what you know about climate change. And does the text, does the vocabulary used make sense in your existing schema? Same as if you're reading about history, or if you're reading about philosophy, or if you're reading a fiction book set in Nigeria, right? What do you already know and how can that help you understand the text? Bottom-up processing. Bottom-up processing explains how individuals process information starting from the individual components building up to a complete understanding. So in the context of reading, it suggests that readers begin by understanding the individual letters and words and then combining this information to understand the larger meaning of the text. You could use the theory of bottom-up processing To improve your reading ability by focusing on the individual words and letters before moving on to larger meanings. For example, try reading unfamiliar words by breaking them down into smaller parts and identifying common prefixes, suffixes and roots. If you take an English word, you can usually identify certain features from it. This can help you develop a more accurate and efficient word recognition system. You could also practice reading aloud to strengthen your skills and build your confidence with individual words and letters. This is an approach that was useful to me, especially while I was studying Chinese and living in Taiwan. The Chinese alphabet is very different to the English alphabet and has thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of different characters. So when I went to a restaurant, and if there was something on the menu I didn't understand, I would have to look at the character and see if I could get some idea of its meaning from the images and from the way it was written, which you can do in Chinese, right? I could see, oh, from this character, this must be a vegetable, even though I don't know what vegetable it is it looks like a vegetable from the from the word and you can do similar things with english right you can look at the prefixes or the suffixes you can look at the verb tense right does it end in ed does it end in ing you can look at if it's similar to any other words if you're european you can think is it similar to a word in your own language right is it similar to a word in spanish or french or german so using the individual components of an English word, you can start to understand the meaning. Top-down processing. Top-down processing is similar to schema theory, but a little more general. It suggests that you use your existing knowledge and experience to make sense of new information. You use your prior knowledge, context and your expectations to understand the meaning of a text before even looking at individual words and letters. It's kind of the opposite to bottom-up processing. Research has shown that using top-down processing can improve comprehension by enabling you to make predictions about the content of the text and to also anticipate what will come next. For example, if you're reading a news article about a new scientific discovery, you could use your knowledge of scientific terms and concepts to infer the meaning of unfamiliar words right? And this is what we all do in our native languages. When we read about science, we probably don't understand every word, but we know it's scientific, so we just ignore it and carry on reading. You can also use the context of the sentence to help you understand the meaning of the text. Cognitive load theory. Cognitive load theory is a scientific framework that explains how the human brain processes information and how cognitive overload can negatively affect learning. In the context of improving English reading ability, cognitive load theory suggests that learners should be given texts that are appropriate to their level of understanding and that they should be taught strategies for managing their cognitive load, such as skimming, scanning and note-taking. Now how can you use this theory? Select texts that are appropriate to your level of understanding and break down the material into smaller, manageable parts. This is where graded readers are an excellent resource. Use skimming and scanning strategies to identify key points and keywords in the text before reading it in detail. Take notes or use graphic organizers to help organize your thoughts and ideas while reading. By managing your cognitive load in this way, you can improve your reading comprehension and retain more information effectively. So, out of all of these different techniques and approaches I've talked about today, which one is the best? This is an impossible question to answer. Different techniques have their strengths and weaknesses, and what works best for me may not work best for you. The most effective approach will depend on your needs your preferences, and your learning style. If you prefer a more relaxed approach, extensive reading may be the best choice. This allows you to read a large amount of text at your own pace, helping to build vocabulary and reading fluency over time. If you struggle with comprehension or need to improve your reading speed, maybe you should be reading intensively, or speed reading, uh, to practice. If you want more evidence-based approaches, schema theory, bottom-up processing, top-down processing and cognitive load theory may be more effective. These techniques are grounded in scientific research and have been shown to improve reading ability in controlled studies. But they may also require a more focused approach and more time commitment. Ultimately, the best approach will depend on your own individual needs and preferences. It's important to experiment with different techniques and approaches to determine what works best for you. You may benefit from a combination of techniques, such as using graded readers to build vocabulary and then practicing speed reading exercises to increase reading fluency. By adapting to your own needs and preferences, it is possible to find the most effective approach for improving your own English reading ability. So here is today's final thought. People always ask me what the best method is to improve their reading skills. Today, I've tried to introduce a whole range of popular and scientific techniques. Extensive reading, intensive reading, vocabulary study, graded readers, reading aloud, reading speed exercises, schema theory, bottom-up processing, top-down processing and cognitive load theory are some of the most effective methods that you can use to enhance your reading skills. However, choosing the best approach ultimately depends on your own individual learning preferences, goals and needs. Therefore, you should explore and experiment with different techniques to find the one that works best for you. What is your favourite way to practice reading in English? Let us know by leaving a comment. You can comment on the transcript uh, over on the Thinking in English blog. The link's in the description. You can comment on Spotify or you can send me a message on Instagram and maybe I can share it out on my story. Uh, so yeah, my Instagram is Thinking in English podcast. Go and follow me over there. My YouTube is also Thinking in English podcast. Go and follow us over on YouTube as well. Um, support the podcast by joining my Patreon improve your own English by joining my conversation clubs taking place every Tuesday and Thursday Um, and thank you all for listening and I'll see you next time